you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. On this episode, we head back to Plainsong, save an Utaro settlement from Regala's rebels, and learn more about Zoe during the Red Raids. Welcome to episode 48 of Lightkeeper Protocol. Welcome to Lightkeeper Protocol, a podcast about our journey through Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. I am Jared, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with Christina, also known as Pop-Tart. Hello. Yes, and I'd like to welcome any new listeners as well as any returning listeners. Uh, thank you guys very much for taking the time to check out Lightkeeper Protocol. And we would have love to have you join our Discord community so you can come and talk to us about the game, your thoughts about the show. Uh, you can do that just by uh, joining us at mash.gg slash discord. And you can find the the uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, or sorry, Horizon channels there for Lightkeeper Protocol. Like I said, we, we'd love to have you there. So on our last episode, we uh, we finally got around to booting up Guy. Well, we found Minerva, who was, who, was, who, was a, who was a little bit of a downer. A little bit of a downer, I gotta Aww. say. And uh, she's doing her we, best. Jeez. She, she is trying her best. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, we rebooted Gaia. And Gaia's like, man, boy, do I have a lot to say. So um, <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of went through, through all that miraculously in, in one show. Uh, we now have a base of operations and we explored that a little bit. We told Varl and Zoe to stay put. Zoe did stay put, but Varl's like, after this, I'm out of here. And he went to go get errand. So Varl is currently uh, off planet, off world. What are they? That's what they always say when like they, you need Superman, and it's like Superman's not here; he's off world. Like that's always the excuse. <laughs> oh, I guess. Yes, oh, yes, like any. Oh, yeah. Th- when comics, when things are happening, and Superman yeah. would be able to save the day no matter what. Yeah, exactly. So, no, so I feel what, like Varl-, Varl is Superman in this game. So. Varl is he's our Superman. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Varl's all off world right now. So in this episode, we are going to uh we're actually gonna head back to Plain Song as opposed to moving forward right now. We're gonna go back to Plain Song over the next few episodes. We're gonna uh clear the area, clear some quests, and uh move forward. We're also gonna talk about uh the first conver- base conversation you can have, because in the base when you have people there. And you pop up from time to time from doing Aloy stuff. They have new things to talk about. So we're going to talk about that too. There is one thing I did want to address before we get started though. And that's the fact that we took like a month off. (laughs) (laughs) And it was very unexpected. Not just for you guys, but also for us. We did not plan to take that time off. It was an unexpected uh, hiatus, which I don't know. The hits just kept on coming, like, you oh, know, yeah. it's work, then it's family, then uh, Christina got sick. I got and- so sick for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that really, um, sorry about that. Like, I, I will take most of the blame because a lot of it was me and my work schedule at that time, but it was also the fact that I'm just a terrible communicator. I have, I have access to the internet, 
the world's greatest communication device. And I couldn't put out a tweet that, hey, we're not recording this week because you know what it was? It's always like, yeah, we're going to record Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Like, you know, yeah. like, and it just kept going. It's just like not working. So um, and, and the reason we did not address it last episode is because we recorded that episode like a month ago (laughs) (laughs) and I didn't even have time to edit it and put it out. So my apologies for that. I do want to thank everyone who reached out to us though. And, um, everyone who had reached out to us and asked about the show, a special shout out to, to, to Courtney. She knows who she is, who sent it, sent an email. Uh, thank you very much for your, for your kind words. And I hope people at your job, start to pronounce your name, not pronounce your name, but uh, spell your name correctly Aww. going forward. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thank you guys very much. For, we're, it was very encouraging knowing that people were looking out for the show. So uh, my apologies if that, if that messed up anybody's uh, schedule, <laughs> you know, so, but we're back and we're, and we're doing the thing. So let's go ahead and get started here. Let's start with our base conversation with Zoe, because as soon as we got done with that cut scene, where we were outside, and I think they they are they actually are expecting you to like kind of just jump off that cliff and then go forward. Um, no, I just immediately turned around and hit right back into the base. Yep, no, nope. so, I uh, jumped down that cliff. Actually, I probably fell down that cliff. Cliff, <laughs> knowing my style of gameplay, so yeah, I did not turn back. Oh yeah, I, I immediately went back. I was like, I can't go without when I have quest markers on plane song. Little did I know how much we were going to have to go back and forth anyway throughout the two to the different areas. So, yeah, I did. There's one quest that I got in Plain Song that's like really far north. And I was like, absolutely not. I am not doing that right now. Um, so I did that after actually all of them. I did all of them. I went and explored like to knock the area and then I came back to Plain Song. I think I was tired of Plain Song and I just moved forward. I can see why you would do that because I'm pretty sure I know which quest you're talking about. And we're going to talk about that quest. It's called the roots that bind. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure that's the one you're talking about. Yeah. There are three people you can get that quest from three. And one of them is right after you get out of the base. So I can imagine if you jumped off that cliff, you talk to that person right outside the base and then they tell you, Oh, I need you to go back to playing song. No, like <laughs> you're not going to do it. Like I, you know what? Actually, I, I lied. I did this as soon as I got into right, right past the Gaia stuff. So I did lie, but I don't think I got it from that rumor because I think I was like, before I did the, the thing that we just did in the story, I was like, let me do this quest. Cause it's in plain song. And I was like, no way. It's so far. Oh, you did the roots that bind first. Before I, you did the base. No, I did it after the base, but I got the quest before. So I didn't get it from that rumor. I don't know who I got oh, it from. Oh, okay. Oh, no. When we when we start talking about that quest, I'll tell you the three people you can get it from. So, okay. Because I have to gloat a little bit, but we'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so when you go back into the base, uh, Zoe is there. And before you even talk to her, she tells you that Talana came through the base and headed south. So you know that you need to head south to a camp. Uh, which I don't think they call, I think it's called, is it called Camp Nowhere? They don't, I don't think they tell you the name until you get down there, but it's called Camp Nowhere. And, uh, I, 
I got actually I think the rumorer that was like right there, I think I got a camp nowhere thing from her. Yes, I, I did too. When I finally talked to her. Yeah. Because I did not talk to that rumor person until I think the first time I came back to the base from being in the desert clan area. Oh, okay. So because that's where they when you when you hit that uh because just being outside, you will get that um, campfire. Just being yeah. outside there, you'll get that campfire. So that's the campfire hit to come back. And she's like, hey, talk to me. You know, as soon as I spawn there. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, she's at Camp Nowhere, which we'll get to sometime before the next presidential election. So <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but um, you talk to her a little bit more and you find out that guy is teaching her how to read glyphs of the old ones. And I, I, I thought that the focus was translating glyphs because Aloy always seemed to have no problem. But then again, maybe she just learned the glyphs because she had the focus since she was a child. That's what I was wondering, too. Uh, because I was like, maybe it's, it was the six months between. But I always forget that she's had this for such a long time. I just don't right. know how she would then learn to read them without being taught. The people who made Meridian learned how to read our words without a focus. But it was multiple people. Yeah, but I would imagine they were all, like, you know, all adults. She had this since, you know, she was, like, what, six years old, a focus? Yeah. Right? I think she was, yeah, she had it since she was, like, six years old. So that's the thing, because the thing is, the focus translates stuff for us, the players. So I just assumed it worked the other way around, too. Like, when you're going... I mentioned this long ago in this series, but, like, when you're walking around and, like, you see the name of an area, mm-hmm. that's the focus translating the name of the, of the area. You know, because if you look underneath that, it's just, like, symbols of how they write now. Okay. See, now that goes into another question with how would the focus know how to do that when it was made before this language? Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, technically speaking, I guess, well, you can also keep on the fact that Gaia, even though Apollo was gone, right? Gaia still had control of the terraforming system. Oh, you know what I forgot about is Eleuthia facility. Yeah. So, like, those kids, even though they didn't have Apollo probably at least learn some kind of reading. Right. Like reading, written, written language, something. Yep. Yeah. Okay. There we go. It just came full circle. Sorry. It's something. Yeah. We can so, start somewhere. <laughs> so the thing about Gaia is that she has, she, even though she, like, you know, Apollo was missing, she would, had not interacted with the humans. She still had control of the terraforming system. We're going to talk about survey drones for the first time in this episode. She had them to kind of figure out what was going on in the biosphere. So, yeah, like, I mean, maybe she updated the focuses. That's all a possibility. True. If if it's automatically translating, you know. So, but then again, I mean, future technology that you can't, like, you know, explain is like magic. So we might as well just call it magic at this point. It's magic. It translates it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, in about 40 more years, it won't be magic technology. Right. Yeah. Well, you will see. <laughs> Not if Mark Zuckerberg has anything to do with it. 
Oh, no. (laughs) But my favorite part of of this conversation is she said that guy has been helping her and putting her glyphs together that humans learned or people learned back in the day. And all I'm thinking of is like, A is for Apple. (laughs) 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 Like the baby books. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is the the baby books. It could be worse. It could be internet memes. Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine? (laughs) It could be worse. So. Uh, so Guy is also teaching her the history of the old ones, and she says she was surprised to see Aloy's face on Elizabeth Sobek. So I can imagine that, you know, it's like I wonder if Guy like actually like prepped her for it. Like you're gonna like you're gonna see somebody that looks like Aloy, but it's not Aloy. Or if Guy is like, yeah, this is Elizabeth Sobek, and this is Ted Farrow, and this is this person, just kind of like moved on. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think I think Guy would take her time with it. Oh, hopefully, yeah. I mean, I think she definitely has the capacity to do so because, mm-hmm. I mean, Cyan had the capacity to do so. Yeah, but exactly. why wouldn't Gaia? Yeah, Cyan had know. the capacity of, like, I don't I don't want to scare them and be like, I'm not a spirit. <laughs> so, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, so, Aloy asks if she's going to go back to playing song. And, you know, she says that the chorus and, by extension, the Utaro couldn't comprehend what had happened there. And she's talking about them destroying Fa. And also about the base, like she doesn't, you know, want to go scare them. Just for now, she has to leave them behind, which makes sense. But even if she did go there and she started talking to them, they're just like, we're just going to stand on these dishes and die. Like, that's going to be their their answer for everything. Like, I don't know. We don't understand that. We'll just stay here and die. We'll just stay here and we won't do anything. So the natural it does, it, of order to things. Exactly. Like it, it it almost does not matter what she would say to them. It feels like. <laughs> Maybe. We can get to that later though. Yeah, yeah. Uh so Aloy, she starts digging into why the chorus is so hostile towards Zoe. And it turns out this isn't the first time she's defied them. And this is when we start getting into I think we talked about, you know, Zoe having a bit of a past. Uh like hinted to it before. And it turns out that when the Karja was attacking during the Red Raids, the chorus, uh, you know, well, I'll, I'll just go through the whole thing. I was like, when, the, when the Karja start, was attacking uh, the Plainsong and the Ataro, so, uh, you know, not just the Plainsong area, but their settlements and stuff like that, uh, the chorus decided to huddle up in the dishes instead of fighting. And uh, Zoe was a healer, and she got tired of burrowing, uh, bar- uh, uh, burying. Sorry, I was gonna say I was gonna say borrowing, burying, <laughs> borrowing seeds. <laughs> I was gonna say borrowing Utaro, but burying Utaro. And uh, when her home village was destroyed, that was kind of like the final straw for her. And she tried to go help survivors from her village, but there were none left. So she came back to playing song. She demanded the chorus do something, and they're like, "No, we're gonna stay in these dishes and die." <laughs> you know, so. Uh, anytime the chorus denies something, that's what I'm going to say. So you can read that how, how you <laughs> want. <laughs> okay. But they denied her. And so she decided to leave and fight on her own. But when she was going, she found out that a bunch of other Utaru agreed with her stance and joined her. Uh, so, you know, they weren't, we, we talked about the history of the Utaru a bit, at least what we know, and that they're not really fighters, they're farmers, but the Tanakh did teach them some combat tactics. And they used what they knew, and the the biggest advantage they had over the Karja is that they knew the area so much better. So they used guerrilla tactics to disrupt and take out the Karja, 
And then the Tanakh even noticed that, and they let the Utaro join them, and they helped push the Karja all the way back to Baron Light. And uh, at Baron Light, some of the Tanakh marshals snuck over the cliffs of the Daunt and opened the gates of Baron Light from the other side, and that allowed the Tanakh to come through. And the rest is history, because that's what kicked the Karja out of the Daunt. Before I go on, I would like to note that it is confirmed that the Shadow Karja are lazy, because we talked about this. When they were trying to get through to No Man's Land, right? We're like, why can't they just go over the cliffs of the Daunt? Are the cliffs too high? Is there something wrong? No, their plan was to barrel through the gates of Baron Light, like basically to like go through this guarded gate fortress as opposed to just going over the cliffs. The Tanakh marshals came over the cliffs of the Daunt, got to Baron Light from the front, opened the gate for everybody else. So the Shadow Cards are just lazy. They deserve thought, to lose. I thought they went over the wall. No, it's like they said, like uh, she said that they uh, went over the cliffs. Oh, it does say the cliffs. Wow. Okay. Yeah, the cliffs of Baron Light. So, no, they're not insurmountable cliffs. Listen, (laughs) Shadow, just Shadow Karja people, and especially the dude that we fought versus the Tanakh, the Marshals, is a big difference in like coolness. What's the word I'm looking for? Coolness will work. So I can, <laughs> I, can, I can see why the marshals could do that and the shadow Karja are not capable. They're uh, not is, they're not really great at anything. <laughs> no, this is why they, they are two time losers. They are two time <laughs> losers. They were in probably the best fortifiable position. Oh, no, I, 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 apparently Plainsong is the be, is the greatest fortifiable position in Horizon because Nobody can get to them. But at the same time, the, the Shadow Karja, before they became Shadow Karja, had Meridian, which sits on the top of a mesa. The Asaram came through, told them to get out, and they had to leave. <laughs> you know, they're so, two-time losers. I'm confused about the dishes. Do they climb up into the dishes, or is like the middle of the town a dish that they consider? I think the it's well, yeah, I mean, like, well, they have structures that go up to the dishes. I wonder if they just cut the steps off when it's time <laughs> when they're <laughs> like, oh, somebody's going to come here and up. chop. <laughs> yeah, we just pull, just pull it up. If they so chop they it, how do they get back down? <laughs> well, f- one problem at a time, Christina. <laughs> one problem at a time. They'll be alive to figure it out. Will <laughs> they? Because the they're just going to sit up there and. <laughs> That's the important thing. Yeah, I was saying the cards are two-time losers. They're three-time losers. They lost Meridian. They lost at the Battle of Meridian. And then they we, we finished them off, that we think, in No Man's Land. Three-time losers. If I ever see the Shadow Karja again, I will be so mad. I kind of want to see it one more time. No. <laughs> just, just, I kind of just, just want to see it. Them like, gradually get back. worse and worse. Oh, man. They could, they're like, they could, they, they're Horizons Jar Jar Binks. The whole group of them. It's just, no. they're, they're just the Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> of Horizon, if you follow, if you if you follow the uh, the theory that Jar Jar was the original Sith Lord, so which is just what? but that's yeah, that's a theory. Like, I'm not gonna. This is not a Star Wars podcast, but I'm gonna get into it. <laughs> There's a theory that Jar Jar was supposed to be the big bad of the original <laughs> trilogy. Which, if you listen to the whole thing, you'll be nodding your head like, "Oh my god, that makes so much sense!" But it's hilarious. So I'll take your word but, for it. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so 
in regards to what happened at uh, Baron White, uh, Zoe says that's not a it's not a pleasant memory for her because it reminded her of what she saw in her village. And after everything, she returned to plain song, but it didn't really feel the same for her. Uh, so she became a grave singer because she believed that soothing the suffering of others would help. She thought that that would help her own suffering. And then she says that Aloy gave her a chance, or sorry, a choice in how to live her life. That she could either continue to sing at people's graves or fight to keep them alive. So, yeah. Uh, this is the point. And again, I, this happened later for me because I missed going back. But this is the point where I'm like, Zoe is like the coolest character in this game. Like she, oh, yeah. <laughs> she really said, I'm going to battle. Had all of these Utaru like rally with her and go like not warriors. Like they don't fight, you know, go into war with her because she's just that cool. And then you you don't even get because the chorus obviously doesn't like her now at this point. But you think that right. other people would be like, oh, so you're so cool. Like, but no, nobody says anything. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the of the Ataru just seem to be, you know, stuck in their ways. Like, and the ones that, you, you know, the funny thing about it, the ones that didn't go and fight, the ones that stayed in the dishes and they, they didn't do anything, they're probably like, see, if you just stayed in the dishes, everything would have been fine. Completely ignoring the fact that these people had to go and push the Karja out. Right. You know, just completely ignoring the fact, like, yeah, we stayed in the dishes and we were fine. Cause she, the did chorus she say, was right. Did she say dozens or at least a dozen? More I said, than I a think dozen. It was at least more than a dozen. More yeah. than a dozen. Yeah. So she has a pretty sizable amount of people, you know, considering they all kind of just want to not do anything. Yeah, exactly. You know, and the thing is like they're farmers, you know, that's. Yeah. That's the thing. I guess because I think we talked about it in the history before that the Tanakh used to, tr- used to try to raid them. And yeah, they were just hiding the dishes. They were just staying in the dishes. Like the Tanakh couldn't get to them. And that's what actually put forced the, t- the Tanakh into a treaty because they're like, this is pointless. Just give us some food and we'll leave you alone. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine having a, 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 a spot that's so defensible that your enemy just gets annoyed. Such a high like, ground. <laughs> <laughs> just give me a sandwich and I'll leave. You know, like that—that that was it. So, uh, Zoe actually does talk about that treaty agreement between the Tanakh and the Utaro, but it's nothing that we haven't already covered, so I'm not going to go through it again. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. That's that's the first conversation with Zoe, and I mean, I think further conversations with Zoe, like I think they kind of so they they kind of sort of revolve around Varl and also about the research he's doing, which is going to lead eventually into a side quest. Uh, so yeah, like that we'll, we'll continue to talk with her, but I think when, when Varl comes back, he has Aaron with him. I'm pretty sure. Right. So, and then mm-hmm. that's two people that you, you get to talk to. So, uh, but yeah, so after that, like I headed back to playing song, I actually just went back outside and, uh, I actually, I did what you did, but the opposite side of the mountain, I just went down the mountain, <laughs> you know, and I started hitting all the question marks and stuff like that on my way to my quest. So. I did that, term- but the opposite way. Like, so there's like an outpost and like a ruins right there. So like I hit yeah. those on the way to the quest. Oh, uh, yeah. Did you, there's a, you hit the, did you hit the ruins close to the outpost? Yes. Oh, sorry. Did you hit the outpost close to the ruins? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What? Yes. 
Okay. Actually, the same question twice, but it, it, it made a difference to me, okay? <laughs> I hit both of those. Yes, they were next to each other, right next uh, to each other. Yeah, because that outpost that you're talking about sits like on the border of Plainsong and the Desert Clan, which yeah. is kind of, it kind of act, acts as a as a gate. That's what it kind of acts as a gate into like from one territory to the other. We'll we'll get into that one. Um, there are some black boxes in Plain Song, but two of them you can't get until you've gotten uh, until you've made it further into the game. Let's say I'm gonna say until you're at least level 24, if you want to read into that. <laughs> um, so you need a special ability to get two of these black boxes. There's one that is near the base where a crew survived a crash after they lost an engine. And one of the crew members was like, wow, well, the engine was down and, you know, the terrain is mountainous and you still you still got us here alive. And the captain's like, well, it doesn't matter because the swarm's going to be here in four hours. I should just let us die. I'm like, yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you could have died and then, um, you know, not get absorbed by <laughs> the, the feral robots. Right, which is worse. I feel like the robots is worse. Yeah. Because they're making smoothies out of dolphins, from what we heard. So, so yeah, let's, uh, yeah, you don't want that. I'd rather, um, like, if something like that were to happen, if you, like, get in a crash, boom, like, you're, yeah, you're panicking on the way down, but, like, boom, it's over. But with the robots, you're just waiting for it and anticipate. I don't even like waiting for doctor's appointments or waiting for someone to call me. Uh, like, imagine yeah. just waiting for your death. Like, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully you die on the on on impact because I mean you don't want to sit there and like burn to death. That's you know. that's also true. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's let's stop this morbid talk. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's a rebel outpost. So this is the fastest rebel outpost that I've ever done, and it's because so there's a vista point right, and I'm gonna come back around to the vista point. But when I got done with the vista point. I could see where the rebel outpost was. I could look down and see the rebel outpost. So I start gliding down to the rebel outpost. And as I'm gliding down to the rebel outpost, I see the captain of the rebel outpost step out from this tent. And I just glide down right on top of him, kill him from above. And then I ran out of the outpost. And then I turned around and nobody was there anymore. <laughs> I. I forgot about this one because I didn't watch it on the playback. I think I think this outpost I totally missed until the end of the game. Really? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, and I won't say why. Like I found it a specific way exploring, but I was looking for all of the things that I didn't do. Uh, because this one had like little catapults in it, right? I think it does. Yeah, you just killed the boss. So like, yeah, I glided down and like on top was like squash, and I just ran, ran out the front gate, and then like you know like after I couldn't see it anymore, I just turned around and then everybody was gone. I got back, I came back, I took his tags <laughs> and called it a day. Yeah, I just silence checked everything, and then I saw it had the catapults, and I was like, oh, I'm going to use this, and the boss saw me. And I'm like trying to turn left, but it wouldn't turn left anymore, <laughs> so I couldn't even use it. I was oh, so man. mad. Yeah, like, I was out of that base before the enemy's uh, bar. Like, you know, how it's like the yellow before mm -hmm. it turned fully red. Like, there's like, <laughs> that's strange. What's this girl running, running through our camp for? <laughs> that's what it, it kind of felt like. So, 
that was the fastest Rebel Outpost I've ever done. Uh, the Vista Point, firmly cementing that I do not like Vista Points. Like, I just don't like this uh, uh, activity they put in. Like, uh, yeah, because, like, to find the... You know what? It's not even getting to the perfect spot. Like, because I know... You can generally generally find where the spot is supposed to be not that difficult if you have two working eyeballs. It's not that... It's not that difficult to find the spot where you think it's supposed to be. However, you have to find the perfect spot. Like, you know, you like there's one there's one south of here, south of the Tanakh territory uh, that we're going to do where I had the picture lining up perfectly. And because my feet were not in a certain place, it did not count. But like the picture was overlaid perfectly. I think you were in my chat when I was doing this one, the the plane song one. Yeah. It took so long. And when the place that it is, is the first place I tried. Yeah. <laughs> first place I tried. And I was like, how is this not it? Like, it looks like it would be a place that you would stand for a Vista point and everything. When you hit that, I was like, oh, I thought that was it. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, and then I tried was... for like 15. I didn't go back up there because I was like, no, I did that already. Yeah. And there's a couple of machines. I think it's like a sky drifter and yeah, uh, you know, like a, a cow or like what are those a things cow. called? A charger. There we go. <laughs> it's not, it's not. It wasn't a charger. Yeah, it was a charger. So like a charger is a cow. What? Did, no, what no, are no. You, a bristleback. I'm back? thinking about the not the is it the strider? The strider is the cow, isn't it? Or is it like the, the strider is like the, it grazes, doesn't it? Is it a strider? I would say it was like a a, a horse. You think a strider is a horse? I don't know. It feels more, yeah, it feels more of a, it doesn't have a horse body to me. Maybe because it's just missing the horse head. Now I need to look it up because <laughs> I guess you're right. But maybe I wasn't thinking of it because it wasn't in this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe it's not. And I, I, I am now thinking, I, I don't think I've ever seen one in Forbidden West. But then again, I also thought that there were no uh, watchers. And those showed up much later in the game. Mm-hmm. And scrappers. But those showed up very early. Yeah, yeah. So, but either way, it's one of those and like a, a sky drifter. But after you do find the perfect spot, uh, you do get this, you, get, you know, you get the picture of the entire Western Grand Array, you know, without all the, the plain song, Lutaro stuff on it. Uh, so... Yeah, it actually even tells you a little bit about the array. It says it used, it basically, long story short, it was used to help find asteroids that had mineable resources because, you know, Earth had that resource issue <laughs> that almost destroyed the planet, like the climate, the climate issue that almost destroyed the planet. Uh, so even if there were resources on Earth, I don't think they were trying to mine them or they wanted the planet to like really heal. So they were like mining asteroids and stuff like that. So, so. Yeah, it used to mine, uh, help mine, uh, find mineable resources. Now it's the home of the Utaro. Um, so there, that was that Vista point. There is also an old world ruin in Plain Song, and I think it was a fire station, but it might have been some type of train station because there are tracks that go into it. So I, yeah, it's probably more of a train station. <laughs> I was so dumb with this one. First off, can I just talk about how Aloy pull, like the way that she pulls that cart? If you're standing in front of a cart and pulling it backward, don't do that. 
Like, you know, when you work somewhere and it goes like, push, don't pull. So you can fall right. backwards and it's going to roll you over. Roll right <laughs> over you, yeah. <laughs> she also pulled that like it was like two pounds. Yes, she did. The, the, the little rail cart that was there. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I, you know, this one is actually easier than it. I should have done this way faster. It's not that difficult of an old world ruin. But I missed something critical. It wasn't the code because the code was easy. The code was right on the front of the building. Mm-hmm. Except the nine is flipped. hanging upside down. Yeah, yeah. it's flipped. Uh, the thing that took me forever to figure out was how to get up to get the key that you need. Because I could not figure out how to get that key. And the main reason I couldn't figure out how to get the key is because I did not know you could switch the tracks. I think someone told me in my chat. By the time oh, yeah. I like, so it was really fast. No, nah, dude, I'm sitting there like moving the cart back and forth. I'm like, can I break this wall open with the cart <laughs> if I move it fast enough? Maybe, <laughs> you know. That's another uh, reason why up? you don't yeah. pull, because then you could get jammed, pin, pinched in in between something. Sorry, go ahead. There you go. The <laughs> safety lesson from Christina, everybody. You're so welcome. This one I had issues. First off, I read. Uh, you should know that that's a nine that fell. Because, like, it's obviously lower than the other numbers. But when right. I read it, I was like, okay, 1623, got it. Yep. And I walked away and I was like, all right, the number was 1643. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you know, the funny thing is, like, I'm worse. I said 1923 because I recognized it was upside down. And when yeah. I got up there, I was like, 1623. <laughs> what? 1629, maybe? But- 1624? Like, what's wrong? I got the last digit wrong. Like, no. I, I, uh, so when I did get the key, which that one was frustrating. I was having really bad collision with Aloy because there's a part where you have to jump on a rope and walk across. I had to try that three times before like she actually clipped onto the rope. Like I was sitting on top of the pillar and she just fell off. But yeah, when I went to type it in, I was like 1643. Oh, maybe it was 1634. And then it clicked. I was like, oh, it was an upside down nine. But because I read the two as a four, I still got it wrong. And I had to go look at it again. Right, yeah. So I know I understand the same exact thing. I mean, once I figured out that the tracks could, you know, switch, I was able to move the cart where I needed to hop up, get the key. Then once I was inside, you know, you can you have to you have to break that wall with the fire gleam and you move the cart inside, which allows you to get up higher. I did have some trouble grabbing ledges here. Mm-hmm. Like ledges that were yellow. Like I should have been able to grab them. She was just like, Nope, like I'm not. You know, yeah, I jumped on top of one of those ledges and I was like, what? And then she fell off and grabbed it. And I was like, well, it it, it task failed successfully, nah. I guess, because I yeah, got like, the ledge. She was like, nope, Union says I have the day off. <laughs> you yeah. know, I just like didn't do it. So, yeah. yeah and then but- there was a zip line and I was like jumping in sp- in place because I'm like, she's going to miss this, too, because she's just not <laughs> grabbing anything. But no, that one worked fine. Right, yeah. So eventually I did get across to the ornament and, and grab it. So that's how that worked. Uh, and then we mentioned survey drones, but this is the, f- I, well, sorry, this is my first survey drone in Plain Song. There is a survey drone in No Man's Land that I completely missed because I did not know that there was a, even a Thunderjaw in No Man's Land. But we didn't talk about it when we talked about No Man's Land because these survey drones are a collectible for the Gaia Dome. 
that's that room. I'm gonna call it the Gaia Dome. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, like there there are a collection for that room because these survey drones they move around like a repeating pattern in a certain area, and pretty much in every case you have to find a way to get uh, high enough to jump on one. And once you collect it or you collect something from it, uh, you take it back to the Gaia Dome, you pop it in, and now you can change the view of the dome. Like, you basically get to see, like, outside, which Gaia has preferences for some. Like, when you turn certain ones on versus others, she'll say something like, oh, I like this one. Uh, But the lore behind it is, uh, like what we mentioned earlier, is that these drones were a way for her to monitor the biosphere, you know? And I guess maybe when she uh, went offline, you know, she took the big sleep. Uh, they uh, they just kept doing what they normally do, <laughs> you know. They just go going around in circles. So, uh, but the the Surrey drone in Plain Song is in the north. It's the north, see east of the Plain Song dishes, and it's flying like above a heavily blighted area. And there's like some grazers and apex scrappers there. So this is the first time I saw apex machines outside of you know when we were doing the uh the dying lines i don't remember when i did this one i remember it it wasn't too complicated like i just kind of killed everything but i came back to it Mm. yeah i was was uh, later on i had i did this after the roots that bind actually where i had accidentally lost my mount and um because like i i i don't know i hit i hit my my mount was like attacking somebody and mm-hmm. i hit it with something and the mount was like oh no like it just fell <laughs> over to the side and i didn't revive it in enough time uh so yeah i was actually in an area where i can get a new mount and then this was really close to it so i just went over here but i tried to stealth it and end up failing that like, i was just being dumb like so i, I stealth past everything and Instead of waiting, and like you, so you stealth past stuff like this. It's a heavily blighted area. There is a ruin that's closed up, but there's fire gleam on a wall. So I hit the fire gleam on the wall, but I didn't wait for one of the machines to move away far enough, and it blew up, alerted every single machine in the area. So both apex uh, scrappers and the grazers, and I think I had ran inside without really paying attention. All the machines follow me. Oh, no. And I don't sure if you remember, but that area is not big. It no, is it's not, not big. I might yeah. have climbed up because you can climb up the side, too. You don't yeah. just have to blow that up. So I might have climbed up the side. But like I said, I did this solely. I didn't know survey drones were really a thing. I did. I did one um, north of the desert plan area, and I failed really bad at it. So I went later. Oh, That's yeah, the okay. first one that I did, and I didn't even try to do them until I went more south. Yeah, that was the, the one north of the desert clan area is the second one that I did. So, But you did the no man's land one, right? I did, but later, because of the Thunderjaw, I actually killed the Thunderjaw. Because I, I was looking for parts, and it was a lot of fun. Like I actually went there to kill the Thunderjaw, and was like, I'll do both. Is that the only thing that is there, is the Thunderjaw? The Thunderjaw for the drone and that outpost is like right there. And I, yeah. rewatching the video, the Thunderjaw definitely heard commotion at the outpost because it was alerted. Yeah, because we talked about that outpost. I did yeah. the outpost and just walked away clean. Like I don't get it, dude. <laughs> walked like, out the front door whistling. 
Because the second <laughs> you turn your focus on, you hear the zoom because they're so loud. Like there, you just hear them walking. Yeah, no, not not I. Not this time. You probably just flew in and, and killed the leader and dipped. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I had that luck that time, but um, yeah. So I, I still need to get that one done because I didn't even know it was over there. Uh, but um, yeah, because it's just pillars. Like once you kill the Thunderjaw is the threat there. Once you kill the Thunderjaw, I think it's just pillars. You jump up and then you're 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 good. There's no jumping puzzle or anything. Ah, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. This one. Well, first of all, I had to like kill the machines. Well, the grazers. Once you damage them enough, they start running away. Yeah. Uh, once you damage one grazer enough, they all run away. It's like let's get out of here, man. Like you know, they 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 bounce. <laughs> Uh, but the apex scrappers they stay, which just require a lot of dodging <laughs> for the most part. And uh, yeah, after that, um, I, I shimmied my way up to the high point, and then I jumped onto the drone and got what I needed. So it drops you off right in the middle of a blinded plant, which is nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's how I, I got the first high point. And I, I already had Gaia at this point, but I didn't even think to go back to the base because I don't think they tell you to go back to the base. Once you go back to the base, talk to, to Gaia, then it shows you the icon for it. Yeah, I you think. might be right because when I, uh, I don't know. I don't remember if I first got it, if it gave me the side quest because it is a side quest. So when you grab it, it'll be like return to base and give this to Gaia. It's a side quest. Maybe you have to talk to Gaia about. It. Okay, maybe yeah. Like it, it might pop it. up. the The thing about this game, the UI, I love it, or the HUD, I love it because it's like off until you turn it on. So like right. you may have gotten it, maybe it activated it, and then you just switched it to something else. Like you didn't even see it. Maybe yeah. So, but that's not thing. I believe that's all the activities, except with the exception of the. Um, well, I was gonna say training ground again. What is it? The, Hunting grounds. Except with the with the hunting grounds, which we're going to talk about at, at kind of a different time. Uh, so that's that's pretty much plain song, the flatlands of the uh, of the Utaru. So um, right now, very red for bad reasons, <laughs> for for not so great reasons. It looks pretty, like from the top, mm-hmm. like it looks kind of like oh, it's it's the green and the red, but then you realize that the red is all the blight and they barely have any food. <laughs> yeah, but it's pretty. Yeah, so, so. yeah, <laughs> that's all that matters, right? Let them it's, die. Yeah, it's, beautiful. Yeah, it's just beautiful <laughs> to look at. Yeah, uh, but yeah, let's talk about the root step bind. This is a side quest very far north. Of uh, it's actually the, the northern northernmost uh, village, or is it? Like, you call it like a village, right? Yes, yeah, it's, no it's a village. Yeah, from uh, in Plain Song, and um, oh yeah, I forgot to mention. If anybody from the Horizon Wiki or IGN is listening to this, you are wrong about how you can get this quest. You are missing critical information. No, not critical oh. information. I'm, I'm being ridiculous. But yeah, so um, I think the Horizon, the, the IGN Wiki, no, so the IGN Wiki only mentions one person you can get this from. Somebody named Nell. I've never met Nell. Never once. And you could talk to Nell in Plain Song, the dishes of Plain Song. After you get Gaia. So if you go back to Plain Song, which you will eventually, uh, and you can talk to Nell and she will give you this quest. There's also the rumor quest giver outside of the base, Rucka, but this is on the Tanakh side of the base. This is on the western side of the base. So when you go down and talk to Rucka, 
they will tell you about a rumor they heard, which leads you to this quest. The third, which neither one of these places mentioned, is a is a Asaram named Laura, which I would think will be the most common way people get it, because she's right she's right near Stone's Echo. She's right near Stone's Echo, and she tells you to gear up if you're going to go into Utaro territory because Regala's rebels have been raiding villages, and she says Riverhead has been putting up a fight. That's what she heard. Now, possibly, I think Laura also gives you the quest called uh, one called Drowned Hopes, and I think she gives you that one first. So maybe if you only talk to her the one time, that's what it is. Even though, it, like, that doesn't make sense to me because, um, I guess well, here's the deal: because the thing about the Drowned Hopes, which is why we're not talking about it yet, it's a no man's land quest. You have to be at least level twenty one to complete that quest. You have to, like, you have, well, I shouldn't say you have to be level 21, but you have had to complete a level 21, like one of the main, like a main level 21 quest to mm-hmm. be, have the equipment you need to be able to do that quest. So I would have thought that maybe she'd talk about the one that's more readily available, this river, sim, this river hem quest, you know, the roots that bind, but this is, that's how I got this quest. So I I think I got it from now because I looked it up when you said you can only do it after you get Gaia. But I think you, you can do it before because I'm pretty sure I got it from her because the, pro- the problem with this game is you get quests from so many places. I don't always see where it starts because sometimes right. it's a rumor. And yeah, what IGN says is while Aloy is in Plainsong seeking help from the chorus, she comes across a woman who is in need of help. So that's during, like, before you meet Gaia, during, like, the chorus getting together. Right. So maybe. Maybe you got a problem. Because I, I mean, I was all around playing song, The Dishes, and I didn't meet to my name now. Yeah. No, I, I feel like I definitely, it was right before I talked to the chorus. Hmm. Yeah, no, I did not see her. I did not see her. I even talked to... Uh, what's his name that talked about like how like plain song smelled like manure or something like that? What was his name? The what? guy that you saved from the shadow carja? Yif. Like, yeah, if you like the smell, yes. like yes. you know. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> so I even talked to him, but I didn't see anybody named Nell. Like I didn't see any more markers, so yeah. But okay. Yeah, but yeah, I got mine from Laura, a third character who is not mentioned. So this if you listen to this show, you got exclusive information now. Snap. (laughs) Look at that. But yeah, but uh, yeah, I got it from Laura. And she told me to go check out Riverham. But, you know, I did go check out Riverham. And as you approach, they are indeed being attacked by Regala's rebels. And Aloy assists in the fight and takes them down. Uh, This is where I accidentally lost my mount of my own accord. I uh, Okay, I didn't lose my mount of my own accord. But I got off my mount in the middle. And then as soon as I got off my mount, they were... They didn't say get them, but like I, I heard that yeah. in my head because they were all <laughs> on top of them. So I killed them and I was reviving them. And as soon as I revived them, someone shot him and he blew up. And I'm like, no, oh, <laughs> my poor dude. He oh, did not have sucks. good luck. Yeah. Yeah. No, I um, I hopped off of it and I went and killed one person. And then when I saw it, like it was a, it was attacking another person, and I threw an explosive spike. Over there, and it uh, it Ooh. hit the person, 
and then blew up with him right next to it. I was like, whoop. I was like, ah, crap. <laughs> so Oops. that's what I did. Yeah, that's that's what I had him with the explosive spike. So, uh, but yeah, so uh, after the fight is over, the Utaro, the, the warriors, they start as celebrating. And then an old Utaro named Q comes out and shuts that party right down. Did you, did you see the one Utaro grab the other one close and try to like kind of go in for like a kiss and they were just like, no, like yeah. they pushed him back. <laughs> oh my God. I had to, that was so funny. I had to take a note. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Q, he, I mean, he cut, he shut that party right down. Like he tells them to save the smiles for their families and that the Tanakh only understand strength and that that fight was a poor display of it. So they'll definitely be back. And he also says that Aloy is the one that won the fight, so he has to talk to her. And, uh, yeah, it turns out that those rebels were just scouts. Uh, Q is worried that if they return, you know, know, they're going to come back with the real fighters, and that his warriors won't make it because they're inexperienced. And uh, Q was actually one of the Utaro that joined the Tanakh and, you know, Zoe. Sorry. uh, When they pushed the Karja back during the Red Raids. Um, they taught him how to fight and uh, work metal. And he says he might be the only Utaro that can, you know, work metal because, yeah, everything's plant based over there, man. <laughs> everything's wood and plants. So, yeah, he said he's a metal weaver, I think is the official term. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he came up with that by himself. But if you're the only one that can do something, then, you know. Uh, well, the only one in that you. area. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it sounds cool. Metal weaver, I yeah. think, sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he joined the fight in the Red Raids because the Karja killed his daughter and he planted the seeds from a pouch at Riverham. So this is why he won't leave under the pressure of the rebels because he doesn't want to abandon his daughter. Also, other Utaro that fought in the Red Raids and died, they got their seeds planted at Riverham as well. Uh, but Q, he does have a plan. He wants to get metal pods from Wide Maws and turn them into weapons for his soldiers. He sent one of his best climbers, Voss, to the summit of the mountain they live by to get the pods, but he has not returned. And the the path of the drum route, which is what they call the top of this mountain, uh, is dangerous to traverse. But after the arrangement, it became even more dangerous because machines started to kind of like chill in this path. So it used to be used as a safe haven when they were under attack. I mean, kind of, it sort of is kind of sort of a safe haven because part of it is still accessible. And anybody who's not fighting in Riverham, that's where they are right now in this this path to the drum route. So uh, some of it's still safe, but for the most part, it's not safe for them to to kind of hide in there. The Utaru are great hiders. They have some great, <laughs> yeah, they know how to hide. Well, when you know? you're not a warrior <laughs> in these uh, trying times, <laughs> you got to be creative. That's true. But when you're trying to hide an entire village, <laughs> like, you know. That's 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 it's a bit tough. You don't think they're gonna come poke around, <laughs> you know? True. Uh, so, but uh, he asked the savior Meridian for help, and he knows who she is just by reputation. He's like, oh, you red hair, can fight like ten soldiers, you know? Yeah, you know, yeah, I know who you are. And uh, Aloy asks if if Plainsong can help, but you find out that Plainsong has abandoned all settlements that far out. What a surprise. I She said that, and I was like, <laughs> help with what? Saying it's their purpose to return in the earth? Sing songs? <laughs> like, what are they going to help with? When when Plainsong got heard of... Uh, uh, well, um, not heard. Sorry. If Plainsong's <laughs> got word of what was happening at the other settlements, they are probably like, come hide in the dishes with us. 
It'll be fine. <laughs> we got space. <laughs> you know. Uh so yeah, plain song is not helping. Uh he does talk about Zoe if you ask if he knows her. He says that he knew her as the bravest warrior that led the Utaru into battle with the Karja, but the Zoe that came back was different. He says that she worries too much about things that had to be done, and he says he's not one for regrets. I didn't get that. Because oh. I didn't talk to Zoe before, so I didn't yep. know that she was part of pushing the Karja back. Yep. yep. Wow. So, dialogue, the dialogue changes, man. <laughs> so, uh, But yeah, he's basically like, yeah, she was, uh, he's like, I, I have no regrets about what we did. <laughs> you know. Uh, so, but Aloy, he, she does agree to help Q. Uh, and he takes her to the entrance of the drum root, and there, there, the, any Utar that can't fight are there. So, uh, you know, you, you climb up a little bit, and you get to the first chamber, but there's no way up once you get in there. The only way is down into the water. And then the next area, the first thing you find is the body of Voss. Like, I mean, the first thing, like literally, like you pop out the water, and his body's there. Like when I came out the water, my body was on top of his. I didn't even see it. She's like, "Oh, this must be Voss." And I was like, where? Didn't Where's Voss? <laughs> the only thing I saw was the icon that said I could loot his body. <laughs> I, saw. I just yeah. like how it was like, oh, he's our greatest climber. He didn't even climb anything. Like, <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Maybe he, he shouldn't have sent the greatest climber. He should have sent the greatest fighter. Yeah. Maybe he yeah, fell. Like he make... No, he fell when the burrowers killed him. That's when he <laughs> fell down. Like his body hit the floor after getting slapped by a burrower. Ooh. So, so, uh, but I mean, you, you knew that machines come because Aloy says, oh, these are machine marks. But you also know they're coming up because there are a ton of those plants that make stealth cover. Like if you use your focus, like your, 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 your focus just lights up with that gold broccoli. Well, like. if you use your brain, <laughs> you would realize that. But, you know, the I used my focus and did not even click that I could use them. Really? Like, I mean, they were gold. They are highlighted. Yeah. Nope, nothing registered there. I might not even even use my focus because I was like, oh, man, they're so far away. I can't stealth them. So I used a smoke bomb. And that those that was the first and last time I think I used a smoke bomb because it lasts like two seconds. I used a smoke bomb here, but for a different reason. I actually use a smoke bomb, but like not not in this part, but like in this quest. And I'll get to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, once I... I mean, I knew that those little bushes, little like broccoli things could make stealth. And then I completely like forgot about it the moment I saw the machines. Like, cause the moment I saw the machines, I just threw a spike right into one. It's like, okay, here we go. Like, you know, just like two burrowers, no problem. <laughs> you oh know, my God. So I didn't even bother. I don't think I used the stealth. Like, I think I used it in that first quest when you're rescuing, like in the daunt, when you're rescuing the two people that like made the flood or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think I used it cause there was dialogue there. And then I forgot that they existed until after every single battle I did. Right. Yeah. It's like, Oh yeah. That's what all these little bush things are for, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but you know, once you deal with them, you follow the path, it takes you back to the first chamber you in and you, uh, you just need to get higher up. Uh, there's like a pillar in the middle. And then once you get to that pillar, you're high enough to see another ledge to get you higher up. Now, I completely missed the fact that that ledge, the ones you need to get to, had a grapple. 
I completely missed that fact. I did not see it. So you, I fell to the bottom like three times. Did you at like least th- kick the ladder down? Was the ladder at this point? Yes, or- I did. I did okay, kick the okay, ladder okay. down. Yeah. Good. So yeah, I did kick the ladder down, but like I, I jumped down like three times, and the very last time, I guess I just got far enough to see that the icon finally popped up, and I just hit it immediately, and I grappled over to it. So yeah, see, I used my brain here. I saw the grapple point. I didn't have an issue climbing. Nope, I completely missed it. So <laughs> I was just looking too far to the left. And then after that, it's pretty easy to traverse the top of the drum route. And once you get there, you see all the wide maws. I think it's like two or three wide maws. I think maybe three. And this is my first time seeing wide maws. Like, I think it's the first time in the game I saw a wide maw. Oh, I went to it was like Jagged Deep, which is like across the water in, in no man's land. And there's wide maws there, and I fought too. Oh, yeah. So I knew about them, but I just fought them, and they were really annoying. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to stealth this part. Yeah, I ended up stealthing too. But, like, yeah, I mean, this is my first time. I'm like, oh, they have hippos. Hippos <laughs> are so misleading, man. Like, the hippos look so cute, but they're, like, the second most dangerous they're, animal in Africa. So, like, the, <laughs> aren't they, like, one of the most deadliest animals in the world? They are one of the most deadliest animals in the world. I know in Africa specifically. I thought they were number one. Turns out mosquitoes are the number one da- most dangerous animal in Africa. It makes total sense. Yep. But then, um, yeah, they are they are number two. They kill like 3,000 people a year. Uh, you know, one time, this is going to turn to a National Geographic podcast. I watched a video where a pride of lions were trying to take down a hippo. And one of the lions made the mistake of getting in front of it. And it just quickly, like, just bowed. Just didn't even, like, hold its head. It just bit its head one time super fast. Like, I would chew a piece of gum. And, like, it killed the lion with one chomp. And it just demoralized the rest of the pride. Like, it just got off of it. Okay. But, like, <laughs> listen. You know those cute videos where you toss, they toss the watermelon in their mouth and they just, like, chomp? Like, that could yeah. be your head. <laughs> Yes, that is that is. They run very, very fast. Do not get close to that. I don't know when you would be close to a hippo, but still. When you're in Africa, that's, that's right. when you'd be, yeah. When in Africa, let hippos, yeah, don't they don't let hippos run around here in the United States. I can't speak for other countries, but you know, they are dangerous. Uh, but they're ac- acquisition class machines. They vac uh, they vacuum up soil, fertilize it, and then push it out in these metal pods. That's what they're doing. So you, whether you see them on land or in the water, like when you see them vacuuming up stuff and then they like pop these pods out, that's what they're doing. They're just doing their job. So, but like when you fight them, they also use that vacuum to try to suck you in. It sucks. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think one of the most, because uh, like, I, I didn't fight them here. This is not the first time. The first time I actually fought one was in the cauldron. We're probably going to talk about in the next episode. I'm pretty sure there's a wide mar in that cauldron. There's definitely one as a final, as the final machine in the cauldron. There is a wide mall. I don't think it's in. in one of them. I don't think it's in that one. It might be the one after. Really? Okay, but I know it's definitely in one. So. Um, the, the actually wide maws are how I learned how purge water works. They're, they're how I learned how purge water works because before them, like, so I got hit with the purge water. It did some damage. I didn't think anything of it until I pull out my fire arrows and I'm shooting. I'm like, why are my arrows doing regular damage? And I realized, wait a minute, these are fire arrows, but there's no fire. What? And I'm like, 
And I look at the status of my purge water. I put two and two together. I'm like, oh, purge water takes away all of your, like, it takes away your elemental abilities. I think for me, the first time I got hit with purge water was like a, a very big machine. I think I, I, I'm sure you know which one I'm thinking of. Oh, I think, yeah, yeah. I know what yeah. About. Uh, but this one, the first time I fought it, again, was before this point of time. I blew up the sack on its stomach and it got hit with purge water. And I was like, oh, it's weak to plasma. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even like know what element it was. Yeah, that is the thing. Like when they do have that sack of purge water, and you blow it up, and it's like, oh no, I've purged myself, and yeah, yeah they can't do they can't do anything. <laughs> I think does freeze work? I have to. I, does freeze work faster? I think when somebody's purged. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it does, or I was playing the game wrong the whole time because I would purge stuff and then <laughs> freeze things, and I feel like it went very fast. Yeah, actually, also, I'm, I'm reading it right now. When and a target electric. is drenched, that's what I, I call drenched. myself purged. Yeah. Yeah, they should have called it, you've been purged. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, when a target is drenched, it also makes them more susceptible to all elemental damage and states, allowing elemental damage to be used against machines that wouldn't be normally resistant. Yeah, uh, so because fighting those big machines, I like the one that purged me. I would purge yeah. them and then frost them because I think they're resistant to frost. Well, I mean that would make sense because they would. I mean that would make sense because they're more susceptible to all elemental damage in states. So yeah, because I would do that because I try to break tails off of everything. So that's what I would right. do: purge, frost, tail. Yeah, I, I'm just happy. I, I'd just be happy that they couldn't use elemental damage, especially machines that rely heavily on elemental damage. Oh, my goodness. I just thought about... We fought that, right? The Grimhorn. Why did I never use Purge on a purge Grimhorn? <gasps> yeah, Purge on a Grimhorn. There's a, there's a, there's a, a machine later on that uses... Um, I want to say void damage. It's not void damage. Plasma? <laughs> I'm saying thing. Yeah, plasma. Like yeah. It vo it's void in other games and some other games that color at least. Uh, using plasma damage, and every time I would go to fight it, I just purge it, <laughs> and mm -hmm. it just sitting there like, oh man, this is not even fun anymore. Like you know, <laughs> I, I, I can't like you know he couldn't do anything to me. So I think the, the interesting about the Y is that it is actually weak to purge water, but it mm -hmm. hasn't. You know, like I, most of the animals, oh, sorry, his mother animal, most of the machines that are weak to an element, it's not the element that they carry with them. Yeah. You know? Specifically, that's the thing that made me annoyed with claw striders because they're strong against electric, but it's so hard to hit the electric thing on their stomach that you're just hitting them with these super weak arrows, hoping that you get them to explode. Right. Yeah. So it is interesting that they're actually weak to purge water versus like, you know, and don't, like I know that like, uh, for example, um, not wide moths, but snap moths, for example, carry the frost uh, pouches in their gullet. Uh, I don't know if that's a technical term, but that's what I'll call it, like the gullet, yeah. like, you know. Um, but the thing about frost is that everything was weak, weak to frost because it made them, it, made, it makes everything brittle. So it makes everything mm -hmm. take more damage. So even if they're not weak to frost itself. They're brittle now. So that made sense to me. But per, like it carries purge water and it's weak to purge water. Um, maybe because I'm looking. I didn't even know this. But it, it's strong against everything else. Fire, yep. freeze, shock, acid. You know. Yeah, and it's so, strong yeah. to everything. It, they're so annoying to fight. 
the first time I fought them, I don't know, like God himself was on my side because it was so easy for the first two I fought ever since like that point. Maybe it's because I was trying to get their teeth or something. I don't know. (laughs) It was a pain. Well, one thing that's nice is if you use a a shredder gauntlet, Mm -hmm. if you can get the shredder in their mouth. Mm-hmm. It will bounce back and forth inside of their mouth and like do whatever the effect is that oh. you need. Yeah, like it causes a lot of damage. Like if you can do that, it just goes like back and forth. Yeah, so like that's what I that's what I that's how I actually I beat the first one that I really fought, which was in a cauldron. It's disputed which one at this point, which one it is, but that like that's how I got it. So. Um, but yeah, so the white maws are pooping these pods out essentially, right? That you need. And I mean, they have cannons out of their back. It's not okay. Go ahead. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> but <laughs> and um, the thing about the pods, though, they're only active for a certain amount of time before they go dark. Like they glow, and you know, does the universal video game, this is on a timer because it's going faster now, <laughs> you know, it's, it's blinking now. Uh, so, you know, you have to get the pods before, uh, before they stop blinking. Um, but which isn't too difficult. I did, this is why I had to use a smoke bomb here because my first attempt, I immediately got caught. Like the white <laughs> just turned around and looked at me. And then also the burrower that was there looked at me and I was like, nope, smoke bomb. And I just went and hide in the stealth kelp. That's what I ended up doing. Stealth kelp. I, <laughs> yeah. I stealthed that the first burrower. And then when the wide mall went around, I gathered the first three. And the third one, I had to swim just a little bit. And I was like, I'm not following him because I'm not going to get caught in the water. Right. So that, I'll just go do that loop again. That was why I didn't want to fight it because I didn't want to. I'm not going to fight this thing in water. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to trudge through water, trying to fight a hippo. <laughs> you know, they're dangerous enough on land. So yeah, yeah right. I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> uh, but I did get all the pods. Eventually, I just ended up following one around and just picking mm-hmm. up the pods as it popped it out. That's what I did. So, except I just yeah. again did, got to the point where I was swimming and was like doing it again and yeah. <laughs> until he went back around. Right. So. Now, once I got all the pods, uh, oh, once you got all the pods, how did you get off the, the, the top? How did you, you get back down? I went the same way I came, but I, I glide, glide, glided glid all the way down. You went the same way you came, though. Yeah. What do you mean? You didn't just jump off the top of the, of the drum root? No, I went back into the little cave that I came out of, so that way I could talk to Q right out, uh, after. You always miss the fun stuff. <laughs> you always heck? miss the fun stuff, Christina. Like, this is what I did, okay? <laughs> as soon as I got the last pod, I just booked it to the ledge of the drum root, like the, on the top. And I jumped off and I glided all the way down, literally landed right next to Q. Well, I need to turn the game back on and because that, that'll be easier to go up and do than then, going all the way through whatever grave hoard or whatever it the was. Grave hoard, yes. Going all the way through the grave hoard. I was like, I was one and I was like, I hope she did this one. Oops. <laughs> you always miss the fun stuff. Oh, oh, Christina. So, but yeah, that's something I do. And it's a nice little glide too because you, you go pretty high up. 
Now, I thought I was going to get near him, like, you know, somewhere in the village. Like, no, I landed right next to him. Okay, but whenever, this isn't the only point in the game where it's like, oh, you can glide down from here. There's like a lot of other gliding sequences that I've had. And a lot of them, I think it was my PS4 not being able to keep up. The screen would cut out and go completely black. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, And just freeze for like five seconds and then cut back in just like nothing happened. Yeah, maybe. PS4 limitations. Yeah, what you gonna do? (laughs) So, uh, but uh, yeah, so once you get back down, whether you walk down or glided down from the top. I um, did glide down just somewhat. (laughs) Yeah. Not in the fun way. Uh, yeah, so uh, Aloy, she gives Q the pods, and Q asks if she found Voss, and she doesn't say anything, but she gives him a seed pouch, and he seems a little disappointed, but then he's, like, focused on the coming threat, so he just starts getting weapons ready. And soon after that, the Rebels return to attack Riverham, and there's, like, this shortcut scene that has no dialogue. It just saw his Aloy and Q standing there as the Rebels approach. I have no idea what's going on with Aloy's face in this cutscene because i think they were trying to make her look like menacing and like maybe angry or serious but instead she just looks kind of confused <laughs> like she, she has like one of those fish like uh, like this like her her brow is furred her eyes are like you know squinting kind of like this and it's more like she's confused like i don't understand what's happening like or she's trying to like she needs glasses or something like that Maybe that's more like, it looks like she needs glasses. Like she's trying to look at the distance. Like, is that a rebel or is that plant moving? Like, you know, like, like that's what it kind of looked like to me. I was like, what? Uh, they had a bunch of, no, I shouldn't say a bunch. I don't, I don't want to be dramatic, but they had more than a few facial animation issues in, in the game. I'll, I'll chalk it up to the pandemic. Yeah, I think that's fair. There's, there's a, a scene that I can't wait to get to. Not a scene. It's an interaction that I just cannot wait to get to you to talk about because that was ridiculous. Yeah, but. I think that the most, the most, one of the most egregious on a regular basis is when you talk to Zoe in the base and how you'll be talking to her and her face will be pleasant. And then immediately as soon as you stop talking to her, her face goes to neutral. <laughs> like, almost like she's throwing shade. Like, oh, yes, great. And then she turns around and like, ugh. Like, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what it looks like <laughs> when, when that happens, so. Um, they'll probably patch it out. I don't know. When you're listening to this, if you listen to this like a year from now, I may already patch it out. Like, I don't even know what he's talking about. All these issues we're talking about may be patched by the time you hear uh, They might be patched now. That is true. Because we played are. the game, what, six months ago? No, February wasn't. Oh, my God, February was six months ago. <laughs> it was like five months ago. It, it was five months ago, actually. from beast, Actually, five months ago, almost today. Yeah, so like... But they have been patching and doing something. They added a new game plus since the you know since we started here. So, um, but yeah. So this fight it starts off as a ranged fight because the Utaru are using defensives they set up as cover, and the rebels are attacking from the tree line. So at first I was attacking like with arrows and stuff like that, but then I got impatient and I just ran out into the field and I started like you know chopping them up. I was so confused about this fight because he was like, wait, wait for the signal. And I'm just waiting. And Aloy's like, Utaro, forever him. And I was like, is that the signal? Is Aloy the signal? Like, who's the signal? (laughs) I just, I don't know. Like, I just started firing. Is it the fire that he shot on the ground that all of his people kept running through and setting themselves on fire? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that, that, that did not happen to me. Yeah, it happened to me. They all set themselves on fire. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, that didn't happen to me. I just ran out. Well, but then again, to be fair, I wasn't looking at them. I ran out into the field. I started melee attacking. And that was that. Uh, but after you clear enough rebels, two acid bristlebacks and a claw strike showed up. I have never dealt with two bristlebacks so fast. Like, as they're yeah. running, just like, bam, acid shot, bam, acid shot. They blew up both next to the claw strider. Claw strider goes down. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't even remember the second bristleback. I fought the first one, blew it up. I, I do have two bristlebacks here, but I don't remember fighting the second. I, I guess they just died yeah. so fast. Yeah, they died so fast, uh, and because at this point, like, what we're we're probably level like seventeen. This is a level fifteen quest. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but they're easy enough to take down, and you know, I took down a couple more rebels. Now is it? And after the fight is over, Q does thank Aloy for helping, and she she's like, "No, the credit is yours because it was it was because of your strategy and craftsmanship that we won." So Q gives Aloy a bow as a reward. And uh, it's uncommon level bow. It's a sharp shot, sharp shot bow. This might have been my first sharp shot bow. This might have been my first one. I just bought a bow before then, and I was really upset. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah I was like, oh, I just bought a new. I'm pretty sure it was a sharp shot and everything. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is my first sharp shot bow. So it only has one mod slot. So, uh, but uh, if you don't immediately jet off, you can talk to Q again. Like, if you go back in the river, him, you can talk mm-hmm. to him again. And he's looking at a flower called the Winter Song. And these are the flowers that bloomed from the seeds of his daughter, or of her pouch, anyway. And he talks about being surprised about how well his warriors did. And he seems proud of them, but says, tells that only not to say anything. And then he leaves saying he needs to go make sure that the warriors didn't hurt themselves celebrating. They should stay on the defensive because, uh, I mean, there's still tons of rebels out there. I haven't killed them all yet. Right. <laughs> you know? So, because unlike, uh, Unlike the Shadow Card or the Battle Meridian, it does feel like you kill most of her rebels on your own. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but yeah, that, that is the end of the Roots That Bind. So, and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna that's we're gonna stop here in terms of uh, of the story or at least of the game. Uh, and then the next episode, I know there's at least two, I think two more plain song slash. No Man's Land quest we're going to talk about, and we're going to talk about the cauldron that's in No Man's Land, because we skipped by that, because I was a level 18 cauldron. So, uh, we're going to talk about, no, I don't know if we're going to talk about all that in the next episode, but we're definitely going to talk about some of it. If we can do all (laughs) of it, we definitely will. So, uh, what are your thoughts right now in in the game? I, like I said earlier, I didn't talk to Zoe at this point, but, like, this is around the point where I'm like, wow, she's so cool. She definitely was one of my I I liked her already and then she just like shot up to my favorite character like she's so cool I love her so much Mm -hmm. she just like does what she needs to do to get done and you can see that like throughout her history as well right yeah I don't think we haven't run into my favorite character yet but soon ish soon TM you know uh so yeah no but yeah it was cool we definitely got some some more background on her uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, 
because we don't really need much more background on Varl and much more background on Zoe. Like we we know Z- Varl's background and right. growing up with the with the Nora and that his sister died and you know stuff like that. And, and we, who his mom is and-, and exactly. And you know we also know about Aaron and you know what we we explored his backstory and past and stuff like that already. So it is nice to have uh, a new ally that we're trying to, to to learn about. So no, I definitely. Uh, Definitely enjoyed learning more about Zoe. Yeah. Also, slightly overwhelmed because of how much dialogue you get once this point hits. It's just so much dialogue always. So, like, every time you go back to the base, it's, like, more. And you get to the point where you're like, do I want to go through all of this? And then you're like, I don't want to miss anything. (laughs) Right. So you do. Yeah, because the more you hold off on the base, like the more it's just going to pile up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so you might as well just go have those conversations now, unless you just don't talk to anybody <laughs> throughout the game. True, and even if, even if that's the case, there's still people around after the game. So, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. The you do whatever works for you, but yeah, <laughs> just just talk to them, get it over with, rip off the mandate, <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, we're going to go ahead and end the show with that. Thank you every, everybody for listening. Uh, if you want to know what's going on with this show and the match Buzz network, you can follow us on twitter.com slash the match network. Uh, Christina, where can they find you? You can find me at s'mores pops heart on Twitter and Twitch. I'm also part of another podcast called wondrous tales where we talk about final fantasy 14 content and we come out every other week on Wednesdays. I forgot. Sorry. Yes. Wednesdays. Yep. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jostradamus. And you can also follow me on, uh, you, you, so you can find me sometimes on our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. And uh, like I mentioned before, we'd love to have you join the Mash the Buttons Discord, which is at mash.gg slash Discord. And, uh, you know, I encourage everybody to contact the podcast or contact us with your comments and questions. So you can reach out to us on Discord or you can reach out to us. Uh, on Twitter, or you can even send us an email like Courtney did. So contact at mash.gg. Thank you guys very much. Uh, and, um, you know, if you want to help us out, one of the best ways to do that is to share the show with others and also to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And uh, if you want to take your support a bit further, you can and, and visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways to support Mash Those Buttons. We do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash mash those buttons. And you can support this show by joining uh, the, 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 the general support tier. We don't have a specific tier for this show, but it starts at $2 a month. We also have a Teespring store at merch.mash.gg. And uh, we have Twitch subscriptions available at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. And uh, Humble Bundle affiliate links available as well. So if, you, you know, if you're a PC player and you buy games on Steam, Epic Store, you play them more. You can also buy those games on the Humble Bundle store and they'll just give you the code for the platform. Uh, that you like and there's also one-time paypal donation links if you want to do that so uh i encourage everybody to stay tuned after the show to hear more about mashes buttons and with that we will see you on the next episode see ya Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. 
If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashlessButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash Mash Those Buttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at Mash.gg slash Discord. 